You're listening to the DSBC Podcast. For more information, visit us at dsbc.church. Hey, church family. My name is Caleb. I serve as one of the pastors at Desert Springs, and we are continuing on in a short series in which we're looking at our five core values. Uh, we're exploring why we felt like we needed to tease out these values, uh, why we set it the way we set it, and how it plays out in real life. So I'm joined by uh, our executive minister, Don Farmer. Hey, Don. Hello. And today we're looking at our primary value of, uh, we state it this way, that we work to equip people to discover their own convictions by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Don, why do we uh, say it this way? Uh, I think we say it this way. I, I think I know we say it this way. We really were intentional in saying things like using that phrase, equip people. And so uh, when you're thinking about equipping, you think about giving people the tools needed. And so um, this isn't an idea that it's just uh, kind of willy nilly, whatever you feel like, you know, you want to be convicted by, you can go along with, but, but really there are tools that we're equipping um, each other with in how to discover uh, our own convictions of the scripture, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and I love that we say this because so often it can be really easy in um, evangelical church, maybe even the American churches, just to hear from um, somebody we respect and know what their convictions are and automatically adopt those convictions. Um, but that that doesn't give you um, the ability to use those tools that you're learning to use, that the Holy Spirit uses within us to not only um, have a better understanding of what scripture is calling us to, but also to connect us to God in a way that doesn't connect us when we're just receiving some somebody else's thoughts and, and adopting them as our own. And so uh, we really wanted to call out and say, we are the type of church that's not going to tell you what to believe, but we're going to create spaces of tension and spaces of conversation to, uh, again, use those tools and, and to hear from and listen the Holy Spirit speak to us about the scripture. Yeah, and I'm struck by that language of, a, of equip. Uh, it comes primarily for us, it came out of uh, study in the book of Ephesians years ago, which talks about uh, leaders in the church uh, being given to the church, not as some sort of uh, power structure uh, yes. or like overlords, but rather as servants to the church to, in the, the language of Ephesians, is to equip the saints, mm -hmm. uh, Jesus followers, uh, for the work of ministry. And uh, equipping people is the primary role, I think, of our uh, church leadership as we think about our role. And it's equipping them for the work of the ministry, which comes from convictions, which comes from uh, the spirit who convicts. Right. So yeah, why, well, also, why would sorry. we... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, and also, if you think about it, like, it's just this beautiful... Um, I love math. So way to multiply, right? So if there's only a handful of us who are telling people what to believe and what to think... Um, then that keeps our, our influence very small. Um, but when we're equipping each other with these tools and learning how to hear from the Holy Spirit, we're able to, all of us are able to have conversations with friends and family and feel confident in um, what we're sharing and what we're saying, because we don't have to have that authority to know exactly what the absolute answer is. Instead, this ability to, um, again, equip other people to have that same experience. That's it. <laughs> yeah, so Don, why, why, I mean, this kind of feels like uh, sometimes I think at least in the circles I run in kind of like basic information about how the church ought to work. Why are we teasing this out as a core value? Like, why is it one of the five? I, because it is, it is a 
tenant of our faith, but I feel like or in, in our conversations as a staff, as a board, as elders, it feels like we uh, were in a time where it was no longer okay to have, uh, it, it was dangerous if you had your own convictions or dangerous if uh, you went against the mainstream evangelical thought process, which was like we talked about in a previous podcast, was, is often motivated politically. And so we really wanted to uh, point out that as a church family, our job is to equip, and that is what we're going to do. And so we do have people who um, who will come and, and say, okay, but what do you think about this? Or political party are you going to vote for? Or should we allow this to happen? Um, and and we allow that tension to be there. And and we really come back to our, our goal as um church members as staff members is to bring people back to the scripture and say, okay, what is the, what is the spirit telling you through the scripture about this particular circumstance? Because um, we're all unique. We're all coming from different perspectives. Um, only the spirit knows what the person you're about to talk to is coming from and uh, carrying with them. And so we need that gift and that ability to hear spirit, uh, even in those those particular moments of each individual circumstance that we're engaged in. Yeah, I've often heard it said that in the American church, the Holy Trinity is Father, Son, and Holy Bible. And yes. we're just noticing, even in how this is framed, that the, the triune God has revealed itself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Bible is a tool that the Spirit uses to open yes. our minds and hearts to make us wise. Uh, and and one day we won't need the Bible anymore. <laughs> uh, and yet, what we, you know, in the new heavens and new earth and the resurrection, as the scripture says, uh, there will be no need because we'll see our Lord face to face. Yes, yes. And the, and the word is living, right? So what does that mean except that it is um, moving and shaping and forming? Um, the, the tenants are still there. But again, we're, we're engaging in very specific circumstances that often now in our modern time are not specifically called out in scripture. And so you've got to be able to hear Holy Spirit to, to know how to apply, um, apply the scriptures. How, um, how do you think this plays out in real life in our church family? What are some examples? I think sometimes the, the painful example is that um, when we borrow convictions, we assume all Christians might have that same exact conviction. And when you find out that they don't, um, sometimes this place of where I have to reject you or I can't have you in my life because you're a false teacher or you you don't believe the, the true Bible. Um, so it, it can quickly create these divisions where there's no more, there's no conversation. There's no, frankly, I don't feel like there's any love or compassion. There's just this this wall that comes up. Um, and we almost, um, you could see this on the news and even, um, you know, people who've come and said, well, then you accept me even my life doesn't look the way you expect my life to look. Um, we, we start to see a lot of shame and judgment from the church, which I, you don't see that in Jesus. And so there creates this, um, this dissonance between what we're reading about in scripture and what we're trying to share with the world and how we're actually acting with one another even, right? Um, and so sometimes Christians can be the, 
the hardest people to live together with because we can be so hateful. Um, and I and I believe it comes out of a good heart. It feels like what I see is it always comes back to this fear of um, I've got, it's my job to protect the gospel. It's my job to protect the Bible. It's my job to protect God. And frankly, that makes our God really small if God needs us to protect him. And, um, but when we're, when we're trying to protect God and the Bible and, uh, and what we believe the scripture is saying, we really are uh, alienating and cutting off other people and, and, and cutting off conversation and relationship, because that's the core of relationship, right? Is to be able to have conversation, to be able to listen, to be able to appreciate each other. And I think that's what God calls us to more than anything is creating those relationships and those connections versus creating those, um, the rules and the laws that maybe keep people away. Yeah, I agree where this is an invitation for people to explore the scriptures on their own. And we're, we're in a particular cultural moment where biblical illiteracy is at an all time high. Yes. We're also in the midst of celebrity culture where at least I've seen this hundreds of times where people borrow convictions of their favorite theologian, author, celebrity, pastor, whomever it is. I've literally had people call me and ask me what their convictions are. They'll say, what, you know, what does our (laughs) church believe about this issue? Am I this, you know, am I this particular kind of Christian or that kind of Christian? I'm like, well, I don't know what what you are. Um, (laughs) And the other thing too, is I've found oftentimes uh, while the church leadership may have a firm conviction on a particular uh, stance issue or perspective, that doesn't mean that the rest of the church family does. And then we do these interesting things like making people sign documents to adhere to it. And oftentimes it's uncritical. It's like, well, I guess if my pastor believes that it couldn't be so bad. And instead of, you know, reading the Bible, wrestling through the text, the tendency is just to borrow convictions. And so one of the reasons we've said it this way is we want to invite people in. We want to equip people to discern their own convictions. And this doesn't mean that there's no such thing as truth. We, we totally <laughs> believe in truth. And what we want to do, though, is equip people with the tools to discern the truth of scripture by the power of the spirit, not just take my word for it. Right. We also know that there's uh, what, what we would refer to oftentimes as open-handed and closed-handed issues. There's a handful yeah. of biblical perspectives that we would maybe, that we would say, yeah, we're, we're not really like, we're pretty firm on this. It's what we teach. It's, it's how we live. Uh, for instance, the, the physical resurrection of Jesus is debated in theological spaces, but for us as a church family, we're, We've landed on, no, we, we, we're confident in the physical resurrection of Jesus. It's what we proclaim, but we want to invite people to discover that for themselves. We don't just right. want to pound people over the head with it and say, conform to our convictions. And right. that's, that's a helpful tool here. Second uh, Timothy 3 talks about how the scriptures being God-breathed is designed to make us wise. And it makes us wise unto salvation through faith in Christ. Uh, but that wisdom component, we've got to allow the scripture to work on us. And that's... I love this statement, Don, because it's an invitation to our, whoever we're ministering to. It's an invitation to let the scripture work on us. Right, right. Yeah, well, if you think about it, just in your normal um, journey of education as a kid to an adult, if there are things that you accept as true as a kid that as an adult, you're like, ah, wait, okay, that doesn't quite fit in the world that I'm now literally living in um, and you adjust how you think about things because of experience or or even because of the uh, 
experience of others that are now part of your life. And it's, it's always fascinating to me that, um, People will say, well, we need to go back to the basics of the Bible. And uh, and you've said this before, Caleb, like, which one are we talking about? Was that, you know, the 18th century version? Was that the 5th century version? What, what are we talking about? Because even throughout church history, you see this um, evolution of thinking on certain topics and certain ideas. And um, And again, yeah, this is God's word is living and breathing and working within us. And how dangerous if we ever think that we've completely fully arrived in the full understanding of who God is. Cause I'm, I firmly believe that, you know, in eternity, when we meet Jesus face to face, there's going to be probably a higher percentage of things that we totally messed up. <laughs> than there are things that maybe we got close to, right. And, and that's the beauty of it, right? Like when we stop learning to discover together and learn from each other and challenge each other, then our faith becomes stagnant and dry and, and almost in a police mindset, you know, which I, I can't imagine is where, where Jesus would want us to be. Yeah. I remember, uh, hearing about a, a, a theologian who said 20% of what I teach is heresy. The problem is I don't know what it is yet. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. And I, I remember hearing that for the first time and going, oh, like it blew up my brain. Cause I had always been taught, um, you know, by my or at least I perceived to be taught that, you know, the pastor had done all the work and they knew what was truth. And we just needed to receive it and live out that truth. Um, and, and there, you know, any, any movement to challenge that truth was heresy or false gospel or, and that was our job to uh, shut those people down. And I believe American Christians in particular have become really good at shutting people down. <laughs> so, and just, and being uncomfortable with the idea that, we probably don't. We don't know. And that's okay. Well, thank you, John, for uh, sharing with us about this value. And uh, thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. We hope that this is helping you uh, to understand uh, the nature of our church family, our core values, and the culture that we have here. And we'll catch you guys next time. <music>